Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. Hello, I'm your host, Effie Pilarinu, and today I have the pleasure to have a very special guest from Washington, D.C., Dr. Mihaela Ulieru. Welcome, Mihaela. Thank um, you, Effie. I'm quite excited to be here. I'm very excited to finally connect, even though we were both in, in Davos, we didn't uh, find the time to to uh, talk extensively we just met at different events so uh, uh, you know i'm very excited every every time i meet you because you're really an inspiration you're one of those rare um academics uh, illustrious academics who are a, a leader in innovation um, and, and in many areas, not just from the technological point of view, but also from all the other aspects that are equally important. And, and I'll start by briefly mentioning a couple of your um, titles and, and uh, uh, where you're involved for our audience. And of course, I'll be sharing your your bio and and your uh, links. Most importantly, you are the founder and the president of uh, Impact Institute, which uh, is all about innovation management and policy. Uh, I I understand managing policy with governments in this digital age of the fourth industrial revolution, right? And 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 you're involved in several other amazing initiatives like the Consilience Project, you're an advisor to Singularity Net, uh, with your PhD in robotics. You, you, I, 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 you know, I can't spend another half hour talking about all the stuff that you that you're uh, doing um yeah i think i think we better we better discuss more interesting things and i know i have to to give it back to you effie that i'm always excited to talk to you and also to listen to your podcast because you bring very interesting uh, issues you put the spotlight always on on very interesting topics and you also drill in so you ask challenging questions so now you know with this introduction which you made for me i'm like i will definitely disappoint your no, audience no, because no, i know no. you challenge me with questions and i have to say i don't have all the answers but i'll do my best <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, look, uh, I want to start with something that's quite uh, center stage in, in financial services and in fintech, in the innovation um, uh, and the transformation of financial services, which is all about platforms. We, we are kind of obsessed with the business model. We, we admire, and I guess even the markets, investors, uh, private and, and in the public markets, capital flows are all going towards businesses in financial services that are either platforms or 
are making it towards that direction. I mean, in, in, uh, in Asia, we are celebrating the most innovative business model, the super app that is a specific kind of uh, platform. And it's all about, you know, the network effects and the unit economics, the low unit economics of platforms. But I want to ask you, you, because you bring a different perspective to this when you talk about platforms, you discuss about platforms as enablers for holistic decision making. So can you tell us about that? Because it's it's a different perspective. And how can we think about it in financial services or in generally? Yes, and, and yes, I, and I agree with you. And I would like, you know, after I answer your question about this is holistic decision-making, of course, what is happening today with platforms, especially social networking platforms, we are like puppets in those platforms and to enrich the platform's owners. So the, the wealth created doesn't go to the people. But anyway, that is a, a, a side uh, conversation. So I will I will address first, if you, you know, um, because I'm preparing a keynote, then I think I have some uh, uh, slides to which I can share. Would you allow me to do that, uh, please, Effie? Please. Because, I, you know, an image is more than a thousand words, and this is not an easy question. And I want also to show some examples of how I use this. Excellent. Please be my guest. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, can you see it? Yes. Okay, great, great. So now, so when we talk about uh, holistic thinking, this is um, not a new way of thinking. You know, I mean, I have I have with me this book, which is called Holy Trend Evolution, and it was written by Smuts and and um, published in 1926. Of course, there is a lot of work on this. However, our education system doesn't train us to think like that to think holistically. It just trains us to think disciplinary and linear, and therefore we, we reach the point where we cannot cope anymore with what's going on in the world. So I'm going to explain to you what holistic thinking means, which is actually also called systemic thinking, systems of systems thinking, and then how can we use platforms to actually diagnose systems of six systems, which is also called complexity science which became like a syndrome of science. Nobody wants to have that in their universities. Everybody wants to have departments which are separate and competing with each other on funding versus having this um, interrelated collaboration that can actually conquer the whole uh, and, and, and the big problems which you are facing. So if we look at the world yes, as a, a system of systems in which the, the, the subsystems are the countries, okay, we have countries, but in each country, um, we have um, these three levels of organization. So we have the infrastructure, which consists of uh, energy, transportation, and so on. Then we have the core structure, which you referred to, which is the economy, yes, and the financial system is, is money, drives the economy and, and vice versa. And on top of this, we have the so-called superstructure, which is the politics and the culture. But the politics is very intertwined with the economy. And actually, obviously, the economy runs on the tech stack, which is the infrastructure. So these are all interrelated. 
So if we are to look at, you know, these are all networks. The the infrastructure, yes, is consists of all these gas networks, water networks, telecommunication. Now the internet is controlling all of them, and this is another network which is controlling this inf network of network infrastructures. Then we have the humans, yes. So we have here the, the infrastructure, we have the internet which is controlled everything. We have people who self-organize. On those platforms, which you mentioned before, the social networks, or and so on, or the economies which are extracting from information from those, and then the governments, which are actually determined by the culture. So, if I live in a us versus them culture or us versus nature culture, I'm going to elect a government which is going to feed my needs or my wants. But if I live into a, a collaborative culture, then I'm going to elect a government that is going to spend the money and collect the taxes and put them in the service of people, of nature, and other uh, purposes that are going to create a fulfilling life. So um, the idea here, and we're talking about platforms and holistic decision making, is that all these, what I showed you so far, are networks, networks of complex systems which are interdependent. Yes, so we have all these interdependencies in the networks of complex systems. So the world is a network of interdependent networks, which is exactly what this book is also saying. And there are many aspects and many uh, niches which we can dig into. And how can we do that? There is a science, luckily, called the science of networks. And, uh, Lotsi Barabash, who is a compatriot from Romania, he wrote many books. He also wrote Linked, The New Science of Networks, which is not new at all, but of course, he called it ironically new because in academia we're not allowed to, to, to actually even talk about complex systems modeled as networks. It's only at the Santa Fe Institute and the more eclectic places where we are allowed to, to think in those terms. He also discovered patterns in networks and in this book burst it's a, it's a really i recommend it to, to to your readers so what we can do with such networks we can they enable us to look at the planet as a system and to see how much we can put its survivability limits for example yes in our infinite growth obligation so we reached planetary boundaries already but now uh, if you'd allow me, you know, because many people may ask, okay, so what are these and what, how can we extract information from these complex networks? So the science of networks, I will just give you the uh, 101 <laughs> in two minutes, the science of networks. Yes. So we, we talk about network function, which is relating a network topology, which is determined by the number of nodes and links and how they are interconnected. And this is also related uh, I hope I can, uh, okay, yes. For example, resilience is a network property, which uh, can be determined by, let's say, we can find the weakest link in the network that would collapse first, and then we determine a vulnerability in the network, and uh, and then we can determine a degree of resilience of that network. And this can be for transportation here in the US. This morning, I saw a post about a bridge which is ready to collapse. And on this bridge, there was a train <coughs> carrying very bad material that if it would collapse in the river, the water for those people would be undrinkable. So there are all these issues <coughs> that we can determine ahead of time with the science of networks. Networks, 
And this is done through uh, concepts like flows, as well as um, cascading failures, for example, and critical hubs and, and other concepts. It is quite a bit, you know, I that it is our full courses. But uh, the idea is that you can relate the topology of a network with the dynamics, which is given by the flow. Yes. So how does the flow affect structural change and how does this affect the network properties? And network properties is what I mentioned to you. So then you can map all these properties in a matrix, which is a connectivity matrix, the links between the nodes. And then you can extract from that matrix with mathematical processing, uh, the line of, uh, uh, for example, you know, how much resource you can exchange across links, but also where is this, uh, uh, we call it uh, weakest link. So weakest in order to, to control uh, a network, yes, you need to use these concepts and the matrix. The connectivity matrix is the most important thing. So long story short, yes, you can achieve, you can um, calculate the robustness of a network, but you also can find ways to put barriers against cascading failures. So this is, um, always observed in biology, for example, where there are these complex regulatory networks that control biological systems, and they actually are self-organizing networks that keep us healthy. <laughs> you know, if, if, if right. uh, so they produce immunity, for example. Anyway, long story short, I finished my 101 on network, but just, I hope, you know, you just get an idea. So you have these matrix calculations, but then you can determine very important properties. What is more important is uh, that the whole world, yes, these systems of this system of systems, of course, there are global risks. And the, at the World Economic Forum, I am uh, working with uh, a group which is uh, every year determining the so-called global risk report. And the global risks are many, but what is interesting, so you can see here some which are like, uh, under investment in infrastructure, for example, which I mentioned about the the bridge, yes, which is yeah. which is kind of critical infrastructure, and then of course the uh, many other climate, uh, all, all yeah. sorts of. I mean, I, I'm always when I look at the WEF uh, uh, risks every year, <laughs> I see you know when we, more risks are climate related or politically related, and and so on. But exactly. I, I assume so here are the climate and, and then the technology also nanotechnology and so on and and data and, and so on. There are many of them, but I just underline the ones which are right now. Yes. And obviously, war yes. uh, <laughs> not there. <laughs> yes. Anyway, what, what the point I'm trying to make is that also these risks are interdependent. So it is not easy to point to, okay, what is the cause of climate change? You know, there are interdependencies and there are feedback loops. And for example, uh, because of uh, the warming of, of the earth, the ice at the poles is collapsing. And that is actually uh, very bad because the radiation from the sun is usually dictated by the ice. But now, because the ice has melted, it is absorbed by the oceans. The same radiation is not deflected anymore. And the oceans warm up faster, which is leading to the rest of the ice, <laughs> of course, melting faster. So these are um, effects that, for example, the 
forest fires. We had huge forest fires and they brought a lot of uh, CO2 in the atmosphere, which is actually going to stay there for 30 years. And that's a problem, yes? And that is also leading to the melting of the ice, which uh, propagates even more the issue of sun deflection. So there are all these cascading failures and all these risks which are interdependent. And we can study with the science of networks uh, the, which are the weakest links, the vulnerabilities, which are the risks which are biggest, and where do we have to, to take action as fast as possible. So now let's go, let's come to holistic decision making. Yeah? So I've been working. Oh, is, is, are we in the metaverse here, uh, Michaela? Exactly. No, you know, we are in the metaverse. As you know, I'm a technologist, a technology alchemist, and I like very much to play with technology. And I've been working with the Department of Defense and with emergency responders, because this is actually obviously uh, the biggest application of holistic decision making. When you have an unexpected uh, crisis, like, for example, and now this is so close to, to, to Greece, you know, when we were talking about earthquake. like an earthquake, for example, right? Yeah. So how do you actually respond quickly? Because you actually, this is totally unexpected. Yes, you can anticipate that it will happen. Yeah, because you know the geography of the Earth, you know the tectonic plate, flux is there, and the, the, the uh, uh, movement of the Earth will make it happen at one point. But you never know exactly when. And uh, so, so what we can do is, with this science of networks, we can respond as fast as possible when it happens, and we can um, we can have this holistic situational awareness decision-making law in which you get information from everywhere. This is also, um, I do not want to say anything to minimize yeah, the importance, but this, I mean, earthquakes, at least they happen in one place usually, as it can, it, they can be coupled many times with tsunamis and other things, so that is when you need a holistic situational awareness law. But in the, in the case, for example, of a terrorist attack, like, like, let's say if you have um, a, a ship which she uh, appears, but it's not, you, you, you did not expect it there and it's not allowed to be in your port. And then some smoke comes out of the ship. So you do not know, is this a terrorist attack or not? So that's when these holistic situational awareness rooms are very useful. And then you are going to bring together several agencies and so on and so forth. So I worked on such projects. And I modeled uh, such situations, for example, yes, in a port and, and so on and so forth, related to, to various um, uh, events, for example, like the Vancouver Olympics or other events which you want to actually set up uh, a situational awareness of the whole uh, place, yes, where if something happens, to respond quickly. And with such um, simulations and holistic situational awareness and decision-making, you can point to the weakest link. Like, for example, in this case, um, the, there was a policy, yes, which was ineffective. For example, one of the biggest um, fire extinguisher, which is called the fire tag, did not, was in the hands of the federal government and not in the hands of the local town when they did it. So until they got the approval through the bureaucratic processes, and you know, of course, that is also a big conundrum with the hierarchical bureaucratic processes, then the explosion escalated. And this could have been actually avoided if that fire dog uh, was in the hands of the city. 
So uh, such things you can detect with the science of networks, and that's what I mean by by uh, this kind of holistic. Uh, uh, let me give you another example, which is very dear to me and is related to, of course, climate and um, so-called citizen science. So this is a project which is a blockchain project on Cardano, uh, started by Sean Lynch, and it's called Open Litter Map. So what, uh, you know, maybe your listeners are accustomed with Pokemon Go. Yeah? So it's like a Pokemon Go in which you go and find garbage and then you photograph. I found it here and you tag it with location. So doing that, it enables a map, yes, which is again a holistic, again, holistic decision-making map, which enables you to know if there is enough garbage in a place to summon <laughs> what I call the cleaning mob to on a weekend to, to actually do, yes, voluntary uh, work to clean the planet. And um, this is speaking because I was speaking about the centralized uh, hierarchies and control. This is exactly the opposite. It's the bottom up. Yeah, the, uh, what Otto Scharmer calls in this book awareness based collective action. So that is uh, what you can do with technology uh, and, of course, uh, uh, decision making to engage people as well as uh, uh, to have this um, holistic map of what is happening. I this, hope I answered is, your question. It's a hard question, yeah. like always. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's it, this to me. Your your last example is um, a, a glimpse into what um, Web three and and uh, these technologies can enable digital communities that have common if you want interests and, and and each of us can belong to many of these digital communities and take actions and, and have purposes. Yes, and, it, and exactly this, what you refer to as platforms. So there are platforms and platforms. So this platform, the open litter map, is a platform of engagement of the people and the citizens, yes? for And also it gives them this collective awareness right? Oh, look how much garbage is here. Let's get out and, and get rid of it. Or, or you know, uh, it's polluting the water, this and that. And then also the, the government can have an idea of, oh, in our country, this is happening. So let's put some money from the taxpayers and do some, some serious cleaning here. So yeah, so these are the kind of platforms which we want, <laughs> not to those who yeah. are preying on us. Yeah, yeah. You you would say on one hand that these we, that we need a whole generation of these um, um, social, if you want, platforms, not in the sense of social media, yeah, in, in the sense that they are networks, digital networks, with a purpose uh, to to improve life in a holistic sense it can be garbage yes. it can right. be anything uh, um for for that uh, matter and and uh, it can bring inspiration and connectivity to people with a purposeful way not with the way oh i have so many likes and i have so many uh, followers <laughs> on instagram yes. and so on right <laughs> <laughs> because that's yeah and that's a problem with the social networks i do not know i think i have um if you want i can share some more i have um actually um 
let's see if it works because uh, um, uh, I do not know probably it doesn't I, I'm gonna stop sharing uh, so let me see uh, because I, I I have somewhere else let me find it it's important I think to show because yeah. there is also uh, a lot of work on these social networks and and they are really that's a big 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 problem and that is uh, uh, the problem which we have with technology so uh, okay like let's try now Okay, and and this is the the big biggest problem of social networks. Yes, that uh, uh, I'm trying to find you now. Here you are on Zoom. <laughs> okay, let's share this. So so what you see here is uh, the the main problem with social networks. Yes, so we are actually we feel that we are together. Yes, we are together, but but. Actually, our culture is being hijacked. And how and what do I mean by this? There is a wonderful book by Chris Noder, which I strongly recommend. It is called Evil by Design. So what these platforms actually do when you mention the likes and, the, you know, so they practically prey on our pride. Oh, I don't have enough likes. I'm insecure. Oh, but they play, yes, on all these things. Anger, envy. Oh, if he has more likes than me. Oh, no. <laughs> So, so they are manipulating us instead of, uh, of engaging us to do good things. And why? Because uh, the platform owners make more money from advertisements. This advertisement model is really a poison uh, because if we act in a certain way and Buckminster Fuller mentioned, he was so smart and he said, you cannot change how people think. What you can do is you can give them a tool which when they use, which will change their thinking. And this is, we have to change people's, uh, we have to change the social platforms because they are the tools, yes? They are either putting us on this uh, gluttony, pride, anger uh, spiral, <laughs> let's call it a downward spiral, or they can put us on a, on a higher spiral in which, oh, I'm engaged to do good for the others and for the planet. So, so yeah, this is this is a, a really really big issue with the platforms. It, it is it is a big issue. Which I mean, I guess um, uh, this is, uh, you know, the others have talked about it as the surveillance capitalism. Uh, you know, there's different angles to look at what has happened um, with the the power of all these uh, big tech companies and and social media, but. You also talk about the the World Economic Forum meta crisis, uh, and uh, can you please uh, tell our audience what you mean when you refer to that? Are you referring to the failure of major institutions, agencies, and so on? Or what what are you referring to? There are several dimensions to this, you know. So there are really, really several dimensions. What we see. So when when I when I call it meta crisis is when I showed you that image about the Earth uh, with everything interconnected and the interdependent risks. That's what we call meta crisis. The fact that it's a crisis of crisis, which you cannot point to the cause for one of them because they are all so interrelated. As I explained to you, with that climate and the, the North Pole and the ice and the CO two and all these interdependent things. 
that you cannot point to the cause. So it is a wicked problem. What we see are the symptoms, and the symptoms are so well uh, described again in this book yes, by Otto Scharmer, who says that our health systems are sick. Our food systems are actually poisoning us instead of nurturing us. Our education systems are incapable to learn. You know, and, and our financial system is just getting ready for the next crash, unfortunately. Yes, yeah, so he wrote this book uh, longer, <laughs> longer time ago, but... Uh, are, are you hanging out with the Rubini or, or, or what? <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you know, this uh, mega threats now, his new book. And yeah, I, I mean, haven't read it yet, but, uh, you know... <laughs> He made a presentation at the World Economic Forum at the Green uh, Accelerator, where I was uh, immediately I followed after him with a panel on ESG. And, and he was just so amazing. It was such a good introduction to my panel because uh, he is such a great BS detector. He has such a great BS detector, bullshit detector, if I may <laughs> be direct. And, and and that made a, a, an excellent introduction to what I wanted to point to, to the greenwash and, and so on and so forth. So so to address, you know, I, I can I can uh, maybe uh, get a summary of uh, of uh, of what we need to do with regard to to today's uh, economy. The only way, yes, to to uh, oh. I do not know what happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so I was uh, I was on another slide, and it just brought me back to this. Um, so, ah, here I wanted to show you this because what we need actually from where we are, we need to reset the economy. Yeah. So today our values are measured in purchasing power, right? I mean, we became consumers. That's how the advertising model of the current platforms is uh, making us act and think, as Badminster Fuller mentioned. So those are the tools which we are using and we are indulging in. Like, you know, I, I always make this, it's like, okay, so the little uh, yeah, animals in mud, oh, that's so nice <laughs> on my back. Yeah, so I'm indulging in that. I, I'm, I'm not thriving, just indulging. So. So the problem is yeah, yeah, that we, we do not like to see the outputs of our consumption. We want to see all these ribbon box uh, uh, inputs on a, on, a, on a beautiful plate. Oh, I have a new car, which is consuming so much gas. I just need the supreme gas, you know, and I have this, <laughs> whatever else. So what we need is to change our values. And we need those platforms that are helping us to change the values. And that is why I like so much blockchain, because it is a platform that is actually, you cannot cheat on it. Yes, it, it, it just reveals the truth because if, of it trans, its transparency. There is another thing that uh, evolution didn't bring us to human flourishing, unfortunately. Yes, evolution uh, is based on natural selection and the law of the strongest. So talking about um, equality, talking about inclusivity. These are not uh, things which are absolutely inherent in how we uh, uh, have evolved. They, they, they don't come natural to us. They, they haven't They definitely experience. don't come natural. And I no. guess if yeah, I... 
that has to do with education and culture and, and, and all sorts of other factors, right? Exactly. And I have, uh, I even do not know if I will find it here. Yes, I have uh, here, I found it. I hope you will be able to see it. So this is called spiral dynamics. This is again, uh, work uh, which was done by uh, Claire Graves and um, of course, later, uh, the integral philosophers also. Um, but so this is this is the evolution of us and on, as individuals, right? So where we are, and I'm gonna use my glasses here because this is really really. So we were talking about this safety and security, survival, satisfaction of primary needs. This is what the networks, the social networks of today, are catering to. Yes, like okay. Uh, do I have enough food? Do I have? Ah, uh, but then there's also the willpower and action and passion. So they are like, uh, okay, I have more money than like. Just imagining, yeah, even even the, the rich people now. Oh, it's a fight between Bezos and Elon Musk. Who is richer? And you see those headlines. It's like, who cares? I mean, <laughs> I want to see headlines about the. Okay, so look how many people did I bring into the financial system? Or did yeah, I yeah. I mean, uh, Michaela, my, my my children ten years ago were singing, you know, that song uh, that was a hit. I want to be a billionaire on on the cover of Forbes magazine. I mean, exactly. it's like that is the goal. What, <laughs> that is what, a what, I mean, life. that that song says it all. Exactly. Right. And look what it brought us. It brought us a space. So it is related to this. Yes, this book by Neil Ferguson, who both of us met uh, in Davos, it's called Doom, the Politics of Catastrophe. And this is very much related to the values of today and how actually this politics of catastrophe is based on fear and on lies and so on and so forth. So I recommend it to your uh, to your audience. Yeah, and, anyway, and, and, and we must say, I mean, fear, fear on a spiritual level is the exact opposite of love, not in the sense of human love, in the sense of divine love. So the no, more no. that we are kept in fear, the worse off we are in terms of our humanity and our ability to act collectively. Totally. Okay. Uh, there, there, there is uh, no, no doubt about that. I mean, uh, you know, you're, you are um, a scientist and uh, you gave us a glimpse of um, frameworks that can help us think in ways that will serve us much better as, as humanity going forward versus the ways that we've deployed that have been fragmented, right? And Correct. Correct. And this is the big, uh, you know, like uh, David Blum, who is, uh, was a theoretical physicist, one yes. of the greatest, yes. Uh, and he had a very interesting, because he he kind of turned into a philosopher. With well, uh, uh, Michaela, I read him, you know, in my early 30s as a philosopher. It was like, you know, uh, I picked uh, David Baum before Deepak Chopra and and so on, and and exactly. yeah, it's just just amazing. So what what uh, my point is what what he said was that we actually we are one, and he proved this in quantum with quantum physics. I just wanted to point to a book which I'm reading right now, and it's a new book, 2023, 
called The One, which is written by another theoretical physicist, Heinrich Tass, who actually uh, gives a history of physics, and he talks about David Bohm as well. And, um, and um, the point I wanted to make about David Bohm is that in a conversation which he had with Krishnamurti, speaking of, yeah, I just mentioned Deepak Chopra, he was in conversation, and, and this, it was like a series called The Ending of Time, uh, which I have a book of, yes, I also, it was, it was later on published. And, um, and they concluded that the biggest problem of today is fragmented consciousness, exactly as you mentioned right now. So it is this fragmentation, us versus self. That's why we are electing the wrong people. That's why we are, uh, we, we have got uh, where, where we got. So, so I have um, a few things. I do not know if, if we still have time, but I would like to share, you know, there are a few major shifts that, and, and I, I only am summing up three here. Can you see my screen? Yes, yes. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. So, you know, so we, we, if we can manage to do this shift, yes, so like uh, the first one is, is related to us versus them and the fragmented consciousness, because, because this is also a fragmentation, not only between us and the fellow humans, oh, if you have more lives than me, <laughs> so, yeah. versus, oh, if you have many lives, that's amazing, so let's work with her and we all together can have, can have even more. <laughs> so... So uh, we look at that at nature as well as like it's our enemy. So let's prey on it. Let's get, uh, let's use the wood. Let's use the resources until yep. they are yep. not yep. there anymore. And then uh, the earth is uh, heating and all these catastrophe, chain catastrophe is happening. So from resources, yes, which we regarded as, we regarded nature as a commodity and, and Polanyi actually got the Nobel Prize for postulating that nature is not a, com a commodity, that nature is not capital, that we are part of nature. And actually we should play together with nature, as I mentioned to you before, and that's circular economy and, uh, and ecosystem restoration. These are the shifts which we need. And I'm going to show you just an example. Now, this is very recent and it is um, from Daniel Wall. He is doing work in Europe, yes, and the European Union now has a project in which they want to do the right policies, but working together and starting with the land managers who can actually tell you the right way in which you can regenerate land. So they start with the cell, yes, and then they set the policies in collaboration with them, not just by hand waving and doing the policies like in the example which I gave you, which led to that catastrophe. Uh, with the fire targets and the explosion because of the bureaucracy and because the right resource was not in the right hands. And of course you have to go through, for example, yeah, the national legislators and the land managers are going to elect the right legislators because they know. And if we do a culture of regeneration in which we look at nature as a, and that humanity as an integral part of nature, and that is another way to look holistically at things, then we will do much better. Another big shift, which I know you and especially your listeners are very interested in, and we uh, met with um, Neil Ferguson yes, uh, in Davos, yeah. is uh, money from speculative, extracted, exclusive to intentional, inclusive, which renews the social commons. 
And in one of his book, I call it, I have, uh, you know, another favorite book of mine, which is Think Like a Commoner by David Boyer, who was the co-author and a participant in our project from which we resulted in the book from Bitcoin to Burning Man and Beyond, where I have a chapter as well on organic governance. So how can we actually renew or use money as, to renew the social commons? So Neil Ferguson, as you know, he mentioned in uh, uh, in Davos, yes, that uh, we need to, we can disrupt this economic inequality landscape and that blockchain is the best ever instantiation that we can have to date of the trust relationship between debtor and creditor. Given that ultimately, as Neil Ferguson uh, also postulates in the ascent of money in his book, uh, the, the value of money is a measure of trust. So that's why blockchain is so critical. As I mentioned, it is so critical because it changes our relationship with each other. It's like called a trustless system because you do not need, I know, no one need to trust you <laughs> because everything is done through a smart contract on blockchain. So programmable money are a, a really, really, really great uh, way to towards regenerative finance. And um, if we set the policy right, Yes, taxing resources instead of labor, for example. We can achieve the ideal of this the circular currencies and the true digital factory of circular economy. So um, we can indeed create that inclusive, yes, inclusiveness, inclusive financial system. And, um, you know, I mentioned patterns before. So this is an important thing, uh, again, to mention blockchain, which, you know, it's kind of... Uh, I'm as much in love with it as Neil Ferguson with it, so, or maybe more. So there are patterns, yes, by which the distributed ledger enables an, a better financial system by bringing about privacy, consent, lower transaction costs. So it actually eliminates the friction, access to credit and social security relief and, and increased functionality. And uh, I think there's, yeah, then I, we spoke about the third one, which is um, the, the third shift, yeah, which is uh, the technology That's from the monopoly power abuse, which now the social networks have, uh, uh, the centralized social networks, as I mentioned before, to empowering this accountable participation, as I mentioned with that example, with uh, open litter map and engaging people to do the right things through those platforms for holistic decision making. You know, Michaela, I mean, we could we could have another two or three hours uh, um, discussion as these topics are As always. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I think what's more important is um, to to move people and give them hope that um, there there are people that uh, are are working with this vision and and it will happen and as we are one each of us can yes. change the world so i i think you know i want to to uh, sort of despite all the problems that we have the wicked problems the the, the interconnected problems i think there's enough that is gathering steam enough people that we attract, that we can start changing the world uh, step by step um, uh, together. And I really believe in what we mentioned briefly in the beginning of uh, no more fragmentation, 
in our education, in, in the way we live and so on. It's not like, oh, I'm a scientist and you're a philosopher or you are um, an academic and, and you are a salesperson or whatever. We, we are all everything. And we have to bring that holistic approach to, to everything. I mean, you, you are one of the best examples of a scientist that brings uh, the, the philosophical and spiritual part to what you do, which is highly technical, right? Correct. And, and um, uh, because you mentioned this, you know, I just want to... Um, to underline that there are actually, and if you allow me just once more to share my screen, uh, because you are just provoking me so much. So, um, so there is uh, this amazing, uh, oh, and again, yes, <laughs> to get to the slide, because <laughs> I was looking at it, but I didn't get to it. So there is uh, this um, amazing uh, scientist uh, that is called uh, Ernesto van Weber. I hope you know your uh, your audience is going to look for him, and he has come up with some amazing principles of uh, you know that uh, of this uh, collaboration. So how uh, he calls them principles of regenerative vitality, and actually he has ideas on how to use uh, uh, DAOs and blockchain to to um, engage people in such regenerative vital communities, right? So like, you have to view wealth holistically, as I was mentioning those likes. Let, let's, let's join forces and get more, more likes together. And holistically means also together with nature, not against nature, not as conquerors of nature. Um, just be in right relationship with nature or, and with each other. Innovative, adaptive, responsive, empowered participation, which also blockchain enables. Uh, then, of course, honor community and place. Do you think this is happening on Twitter? Are people on Twitter honoring Twitter, the Twitter community? From what I see, that's why you know I never joined, but I see it. My children, it's just like it's hell there to 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 cite someone else. So honor community and place. Yes, and and. Um, and then all these principles, this, they are actually kind of very similar to the principles of open source, which stand as the foundation of the internet and which we believed in when the internet appeared. Yes, because I am old enough to know when internet, the world before internet and after internet. And when the internet came, we all were thinking, oh my, now we're gonna bring everybody together and make the world better. However, this didn't happen. But now we can make it. Yes, uh, we can. We can do this. And if I could, um, uh, I pro probably I cannot uh, move my slides somehow for some reason. I would have shown you one more. Yes, uh, instance of this uh, uh, empowered participation. Um, so what? Um, uh, uh, what um, our friend. Uh, uh, at least my friend. <laughs> I hope it will be yours too. Um, so he su suggested, as I mentioned, this uh, DAO uh, system. And the idea is that you can uh, create communities and look at communities as a system and, and embed certain principles, which are also in this book, think like a commoner. 
we work with seminal projects. So we have a project in Cardano called Project Catalyst. This is a community project that uh, in a, it, it's a, actually a, a governance project. Yes, so on uh, creating a, a DAO like this where people come together to decide what projects should be funded. And these are all projects which are for good. Yeah, so okay. and they are actually working on this kind of uh, a DAO with trusted identities, tokens of trust, which they by which they reward. Yes, uh, people who are trustworthy and who honor the community. Proof of merit. So, for example, experts are rewarded with those tokens. Proof of knowledge. Uh, people who who know. Yes, the wise ones are rewarded with those tokens, and so on and so forth. So you can see community as a system in this way. So we have many projects. If we have time, I would be happy to tell you about them. But probably at another. But but Michaela, you gave us a really a, such a um, a window into what is possible and the good things that are possible in in a very holistic way. Um, it, it, it's 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 amazing. You you filled the, our heart with uh, with hope and and uh, and goodness in in a in a holistic sense. Not good for me to solve my problem for my community for my country and so on, but in a much broader way. So you know, I can't thank you because this is uh, this is really very very inspiring and. Before we close, I, I know that you have a dream for what the topic of the World Economic Forum should be next year <laughs> instead of the one that was this year, right, which was co a collaboration in a fragmented world. What would you want it to be next year? Humanity thriving in harmony with nature. Oh, <laughs> you're, you. you're amazing. And 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 really, you know, when you say that, it sounds to me like a poem, really. And and oh. I know I know that that you you've even written poems and, and I don't know if you still write poems, but tell us about that before we close. And of course, we'll share with our audience all the links to what you mentioned. Yes, and I will I will send you a link. I have some of my poems also online, not many, but uh, you know I got um, I got several awards for my poetry in many languages. So those poems are online, and and I just want to say that um, I've been thinking this morning about one. Probably I will not remember it, but I will remember I remember the beginning. So when nine eleven happened, I wrote a poem, and it was called self-portrait in an age of fear. And it started like that. I am the whole in the part. I am that part which lost the whole. Didn't you notice that jumping from a world to another, you also lost the whole? Now run. Sarcastics clown reality is all that remained <laughs> something like that mm -hmm. in any case um uh, thinking about this holistic and and holistic thinking uh, uh uh today and and because i'm reading this book the one i remember that poem and it's uh, indeed i think sometimes poetry is the only 
a way in which we can express how it feels to live in today's uh, metal crisis uh, ridden world, but also a, a way of inspiration for us and a drive to make the world better. And this is what I'm doing with technology. And I can send you, of course, some links to, I have several articles, including on LinkedIn, about how to use technology for good, the blockchain for the SDGs yeah. and so yeah. on and so yeah. forth. So yeah. I will send you links because we don't have time yeah. unless yeah. you allow me. To, to, Mihaela, to I mean, you, you, you also just brought to mind that what what you're really living and, and you know, walking the talk is, really you've got connected your your mind with your heart that is really what it, what is going on and that is why you're able to bring these together and see that the value is only in the interconnectedness and in the interplay and you can write poems that that move us all and yourself of course <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, I, it's like, you know how it is, it's like a bug. I cannot not write. And if I write it, then I feel much better. It's like a relief. <laughs> I, I just put it on paper. It's, it's, any, it's any music. I have, so. yeah. Thank you very much, Mihaela, for being with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.